What up, what up, what up? Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is a different but still in all the same edition of the Charles Coleman Podcast. Super excited to welcome you to what is our actual season one finale. We started this idea as an idea and look at what look at us now, 27 episodes deep into the end of season one. And I could not have done it without these special people you see joining me today. We've got the entire dream team in the building. We got the whole family out here on the virtual couch. And so before we close out season one with our second part of the episode with our interview with Bun B, I just needed everybody to just wish you all well, give you all a couple of nuggets from what it is that we enjoyed about season one. And thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. Thank you for enjoying season one of the Charles Coma podcast. So I got two questions for everybody. I'm going to let y'all all get off. Number one, first question is, what was your favorite moment, episode, conversation, like dynamic, whatever it was, experience from season one? And then number two, for our subscribers, our listeners, uh, our viewers who want to watch you all this summer, who want to keep up with you, or who want to keep, you know, engaged with you this summer, where can they find you? CEO, I'm going to start with you. What about you first? Um, well, my favorite, like, takeaway moment from season one would be things that I guess most of the time the public can see. So, like, when we would do our mic checks, everybody kicking their favorite bars, you know, that was, like, definitely one of my favorite moments. And then also... Honestly, I wanted, always wanted to see what G was going to wear. I feel like G came in number one on the fashion tip the whole season. So I always would look forward to see what she was going to wear, what she was going to bring out. Uh, and, so for, and so for those viewers and those subscribers who want to check you out this summer, where can they find you, bro? Just uh, follow me on Instagram at DJ CEO. That's the easiest way to keep up with me. You know, I, you know I'm hopping around, moving around, but I'm in and out of state. And the best way to keep up with me is Instagram at DJ CEO. Well, there it is. And then now we're going to go to my man, Mr. Six Shooter himself, letting off rounds. You know him. You love him. Understated but never underrated. Smooth as cashmere. Kirk Quillen in the building. What's going on, bro? What's going on, beloved? How are you? I'm good, man. So give me your favorite moment from season one, favorite dynamic, and uh, where people can find you and keep up with you this summer. Favorite moment, I'm going to have to piggyback on CEO, is definitely the looks. You know, I, I like the fashion bag that we were presenting as a whole. You know, everybody did their thing. Uh, one of the favorite moments of the show was our male moment, where we were uh, talking about male vulnerability. That was pretty dope for me, you know, uh, especially creating a platform to kind of make that look cool, because we did that, you know what I mean? Made it look dope. So I hope brothers are inspired by that and continue to build on their relationships with their, with their, 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 their fellow comrades and get that vulnerability popping, you know what I mean? Word. I appreciate that. And where can people keep up with you smooth as cashmere this summertime, bro? I'm all over the place in the summer, baby. Vacation, you know what I'm talking about? Catch me on that IG, though, Cashmere Quillen. You know how to find me. You know what it is. Ladies, stay out the DM, please. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, we all know what it is. Appreciate you, Kurt. Always and love you. Love you for your talent, bro. Thanks so much, man. And, of course, that's going to bring us to – I'm not changing the name, at least not until season two. The loud mouth from down south, the sister I never knew that I needed, but absolutely had because I didn't want Hillary Younger. Like, what's going on, sis? How are you? Um, I'm well. I'm so happy to see all of you guys. You know, I'm the only one who's not local. So every yeah. time I see you, it it, it brings me higher. Um, 
I'm so sad to see the season come to an end, but I'm excited that like we got through a full season. It was amazing. I mean, I continue to watch, and every time I watch an episode, I see something new that I am like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Favorite moment, favorite episode, favorite conversation? So I think my favorite moments, I think this season, you, whenever I would come, it would be CEO and you and myself on the sofa. And you know that Howard energy, it, it's always going to be synergy. It's never going to just really just be flat energy. It's always going to be synergy. We're always going to be synchronized in some way, shape, or form. We're so familiar with each other and we all share some commonality. So I think that was kind of like, those moments were, were my favorite because I always just came on in and I'm comfortable with everyone, but like my Howard brothers, I just, I just love y'all forever and a day. Appreciate you. Um, love you too, of course. And I can high side on y'all without like taking any type of flack. Like, <laughs> so wh where can people catch you this summer? People were following you and, and all of that. Where can they catch you? This so summer don't time? follow me this summer. I don't want to be followed. Like I'm like Princess Diana. Don't follow me, okay? Um, but <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> but I am on Instagram, and you have to be able to spell to follow me on Instagram. It's habitually. Hillary. And I spell my name H-I-L-A-R-I. -I. I'm not going to tell you guys how to spell habitually, okay? But it's habitually Hillary at IG. You are habitually ridiculous. And that, of course, is going to lead us to last, but certainly not least. Y'all know her. Y'all love her. Been down since been down from day one. She's the leader of the Blue Notes, the boss of 593 Washington Avenue in Brooklyn. Gloria Sherubin is in the building. What's happening? What's what happening? Dude? What's going on, family? Good to see all of you guys. So, G, you know, end of season one. Thoughts, your favorite episode, favorite conversation, or favorite thing? Oh, man, listen, this was such an awesome journey. Real talk, I ain't up front. Like, I look forward to every time we was getting together. Almost to the point where the past few weeks, I've been grieving it. Like, dang, I miss my peoples. Like, just like, you know what I'm saying? But we're going to make it through the summer. Rules of Engagement was definitely my favorite part of the show. You know what I'm saying? Like, the conversation always got heated. You know what I mean? I mean, and just really having adult conversation with adult men about real relationships has been great. Even though sometimes, you know, y'all take me out of my um, uh, character. But for the most part, you know, I was able to hold it together. But yeah, man, it's been an awesome journey. Just like really being part of the show and just rocking with you. Like, you know, so it's been great. But on the, for the summer, pull up the Brooklyn Blue Smoke. Y'all know where to find me, 593 Washington. We open every day, 5 o'clock, keeping it hot, enjoying them cigars. BYOB, bring your bottle. We're going to be outside all summer. And you can check her on Instagram. Brooklyn Blue Smoke is on Instagram. Yeah, you know absolutely, absolutely. Brooklyn Blue Smoke spelled like B-L-E-W. There you go. Brooklyn Blue Smoke leader. Home of the Blue Notes at right, this right. point. Home of the Blue Notes. So for me, you know, it, I don't have a one favorite moment. Uh, every dynamic that I have with each of you is different. And so every opportunity to engage has been different. And then it's been amazing to sort of watch the dynamics of each other. So I think one of my favorite things to watch was like Gloria and Kurt developed their <laughs> on-camera chemistry, which is nuts. <laughs> like it's always it's like it's perfect entertainment and I cannot wait for season two 
right? Like that, that dynamic when they get on their shit is amazing, which I love. <laughs> Similarly, like with Hillary, there's been this, and it's, it started off coming as a joke, but in my circles, it has been become a really big thing. This conversation about like black versus African American that has like now become. <laughs> that, has been, that has become more of a conversation, which I, you know, am, ex- am interested and excited to explore and pull out. And then, you know, with CEO, it's like we've been brothers since childhood. So working with actual family and being able to sort of watch people evolve in the spaces at the end, disagree, agree, have fun, come stylish with the fits and do all of that has been fantastic. As for me, I got a few things cooking. Just stay tuned to the IG. See, you know, you can of course catch me, you know, on the network on MSNBC. I'll definitely doing that. But I got, I got some stuff cooking, y'all. So stay tuned. But before we do all of that, again, I want to thank everybody out there who supported us, who rocked with us throughout the, the course of season one. And I'm super glad to have brought you this amazing product along with all of these other people on the team. So make sure you stay tuned. We may be dropping new stuff during the summertime, stuff that you haven't seen, behind the scenes stuff, super exclusive stuff. So stay tuned. But for right now, we're going to get into part two of our amazing conversation with Bun B actually in the couch on the Charles Coleman podcast. But until then, we'll see you soon. Peace. You know, one thing that I've heard you say, and you've really been intentional about living this, is just being open to other things that you are called to do beyond what you may want to do. I know that you talked to, um, shout out to Talib Kweli. I know you talked to him about that or one of your conversations with him. I see this as a very consistent example of that. I talk a lot about there being no retirement plan for MCs because of the way the age of hip hop in terms of like, he really hasn't even had a full life cycle in terms of just it's youth. No, it's still very young. It's still very young, right? So I think people are figuring out, both fans and sometimes artists are figuring out what does hip hop look like at this stage in my life for me? How do I, in terms of how I engage the culture? And what I find interesting is it's not the artists that have as much trouble because you look at like Cube with Big Three, you look at all the different ventures that you've gotten into, you look at Snoop and everything that he's into and Artists are finding different ways to continue to express themselves, to continue to use the platforms that they built to do other things after just straight making music, you know, even if they may still be nice, even if they still may perform, even if they still have the hunger for their core artistry. I think it's actually fans that don't know what to do. Like as they get older, I think fans don't know how to engage the culture the way that we were brought up to as we go to what do you say to those folks? well i mean hip-hop has always been your lifestyle conduit right and the problem is is that as we get older and we start to look to transition and other things we have to be careful to not leave the culture behind mm. right the idea of jay-z doing an album in 2023 has nothing to do with jay-z making money off of an album it's about showing cultural relevance Right. It's about bringing in these companies that we used to promote for money that we now own, right. Using our platform to further those business ventures, but then also show how to age gracefully. That part. And, and, and that's the part, like, cause 
if you say, right, is it a, if you asked, if you were to ask someone, is it a good idea for the culture to have a grandfather out here making new music in hip hop? Most people would be like, a great, a lot of people would be like, granddad, I don't really know. Until it's you. Well, and then they see you do it and they're like, oh, no, nah, that's different. Well, well, Willie Nelson is 90 years old. Willie Nelson just turned 90 years old yesterday mm-hmm. as we're recording. No one questions whether or not Willie Nelson should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Right? The reality is that Willie Nelson does still do music, but he does music as he's always done. As we get older, right? As us, yep, right? Young, we have young. to embrace aging, yes. right? We have to embrace maturity. Right. right. That's the that's the point. There's nothing wrong with a grandfather making rap music. There's nothing wrong with a grandfather putting on some Jordans in a hoodie right. and making rap music. A grandfather should not be making drill music. Right? Like if you still want to make music, you should not be trying to pick up new fans. You should be making a more consistent connection with the people that got you to where you were, right? And like when we were all young, we rapped about our vitality, right? We rapped about our potentiality, right? What our futures could possibly be. Some of them turned out like they like we wanted, some better, some worse, right? But there are general themes in life that will always exist. So as a grandfather making hip hop music, somewhere in that music should be shit that grandfather is dealing with. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why. Personally, I'm a big Rick Ross fan because thematically, aside from like the move away, there are a lot of real emotions and real themes that he talks about in his music that I can just as like from a grown man space, like, you know, just different records that he's made. And it's, it's that way with a lot of artists. And I'm glad you said what you said, because you look crazy. Being in the game for 10, 15 years, 20 years, 25 plus years, and rapping about a space that you ain't been in since like your second album. You learn nuts. You look nuts. Right. So, so look, there are certain things that you can still reach back to, right? And you can talk about these things in the past tense. Correct. If you still want to deal in that content, right? Then now it has to be like, as I look back, Right. You know what I'm saying? I look back at what I did and, you know, I used to be out here doing this and I can still move around based on my reputation, but I'm not necessarily putting my reputation on the line right. as I used to. And look, you just have to be very comfortable with yourself in your personal life in order for you to be comfortable talking about your personal life. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got a lot of people that are at grandpa's age, but has not Got to rip on mindset. Well, they haven't paid enough attention to their mistakes. That's how you become wise. Like, I talk to a lot of young rappers, and people think I just inherently know a lot of shit. And Bumby, you just so know I fucked up a lot at a young age, and I learned from it, and I'm trying to help y'all avoid fucking up in the way I did because I left opportunity and money on the table. Mm. You're still very, very hot. You're still very, very relevant. You know what I'm saying? So here's the best way to position yourself to fully maximize and capitalize off the potential of your position in this industry. I know when you were teaching, 
you really did take an intentional journey through black music, starting with Negro spirituals. It's yes. like taking the route of going all the way through there with your, with your coursework. So, so like for music, for black people, music has always been more than Of course. It's been communication. Of course. Absolutely. It, and it's, it's such a fun, I mean, music is always going to be an indication of culture, right? But for us, it's really, really different. And it's also different because it draws people to the culture in a way that makes them want to be participants, not just observe. Well, you have to think, you know, there's always been inter, interpersonal communication, right? So when slaves needed to communicate in front of masses, they, they used their original languages. Absolutely. Right? Um, as we became free um, and moved into the world, typically we used religion as code, right? So, and then hip hop was always coded messaging. So, oh, absolutely. so that's always been our method of communication in black America. Right. I mean, the, you know, the cypher, you know, break dances in the circle is no different than when the African tribes used to dance in the circle right. to, you know, show who they were. I'm from this tribe. We are strong. Thing, yeah. We are powerful. We are many, we are, you know, all of these different things. And now we, we, it's all, it's all self expression. It's, it's reclamation of the physical. It's also, my mom talks about this a lot. She's a career educator in English. Um, this is where I get my gift of words from. And her thing is always, in our community, the best talker wins. Oration is a thing in terms of just how we communicate. Because we did not have the, the benefit of the written word in slavery, we had to learn how to excel in terms of the oral communication. And music is such a conduit to that, which is why you see all the way today in terms of the core of what an MC is, I'm better than you. Or it's competitive in that way. I, I can manipulate this language better. Than you can buy it. That, that's right. It's really been about. So when you talk about the smartest people leading, it's because they are the most learned. They are the, the most read. And in the earliest days of Black America, books were banned. Right. Patients were banned. Right. right. So those of us that choose to be more informed, that choose to be more engaged, are drawing from that, from our ancestors, right? That is initially your place is to learn as much as you can about this surrounding, which is not meant for you to, to thrive yeah. and, and exist bountifully in this world. You have to be smarter. You have to be smarter than anyone you come across as smarter than anyone would ever give you credit for. Given that evolution that you've watched and given its importance to the culture and to us as a people, to black people, the evolution of music and how so intertwined it is with who we are, our identity, and our culture. Are you at all concerned as to where we are now? And where, and where do you think we're going? I've always been concerned, and I always will be concerned. Um, but we have to be careful not to concentrate on the worst of us. You know what I'm saying? We have to build up the best of us. Um, the reality is, is that Black people are such... They're such good survivors, right? And so a lot of times we look at the music industry and we'll be like, why is this person famous? This person is not talented right. at what they do. They may not be, but guess what? They came to work prepared. A lot of people with talent assume, right? If you're a really, really good singer, the assumption is that at some point somebody's going to recognize it and put you out there, right? So those type of people sit at home waiting for Ed McMahon, rest in peace, to come knock on the door and tell them they won America's 
folks, you clear the house, right? Now, I never got one of them visits. I'm still waiting. But for the others that don't have that talent, right, that don't expect anyone to come and knock on their door and, and, and make them famous, they have to come prepared. They have to come ready to open that bitch and close it. You know what I'm saying? And that's why those people get further in life because they can't rest on it. They have no laurels to rest on. You know what I'm saying? So when these people succeed, people look at it and be like, well, why did they make it? Because I know so-and-so that works at so-and-so, he's better than that. Why? Because instead of sitting there working with you, he never took the risk. Some of us, for some of us, success is actually an option. Succeeding in life is an option because if I don't, there's enough for me to fall back on to still be okay. And for some people, there is no plan. So for some people, I, I, I can't go back. Like every now and then you meet a person in life and you're like, man, why are you doing this? Why are you words? I can't go back. If you knew where I came from, if you knew where I laid my head, if you knew where I expected love to come from, you wouldn't eat. You know what I'm saying? And so I try not to be judgmental in my, in my older years. Yeah. Because I really don't know what the struggle has been for some people. That's real shit. And, but the, at, the, at the same time, there are other people that simply could give a fuck, right? Like there's, there are people who have to work very hard to make it to an NBA team. Yep. And then there are people that are born to grow into six foot seven height, 220, 25 pounds of sheer athleticism. And it was laid out to them since... Sophomore year of high school, right. if not early. Right. They knew, yeah, this is where I'm going. So there are a lot of people in, in this culture that were undrafted. That's just the reality of it. And some of them found success and some of them didn't, just as those that were drafted. There is a, man, this has been such an amazing conversation. Jesus Christ. There, there, there is a um, phenomenon now it's always it's always a conversation, right? Like who's in your top five, just at a third. So now you see all these lists that come out. You know, everybody got a list. Yeah, somewhere they they come from everywhere. And I feel like a lot of times, lyrically, I honestly would listen to you, and I have I have my favorites. Um, I I really do like people who, as you said, and I, as you have frequently talked about are able to really get into the English language and manipulate. So like for me, um, Fonte from Little Brother is one of my favorites. Black Thought is obviously one of my favorites. You're one of my favorites. When these lists come out and your name isn't among the top five, seven, three, whatever, where you may think it should be, at this point in your career, do you care? Does it bother you? Do you think about it? Does it motivate you? Does it not register? I only really wanted the appreciation of my fans and the respect of my peers and contemporaries. Fair. Um, if I'm not on, let's say, Journalist A, right? Journalist A says, I've been writing in music for 20 years. I've heard it all. I've seen it all. And this is who I think are the best that I've ever done. Why would I get upset with Journalist A? Because it doesn't say my name. I don't even know who the fuck journalist is. 
could there possibly be room for the fact that just because he didn't rate you doesn't mean that you're not like you're not who you still are. Like the reality is, is that if I need this person to say I'm one of the greats, mm. I never felt great. That's a real thing. I've been I've been walking through this whole thing carrying insecurity as a chain around my neck, and you thought it was you. Mm. You know, and so for me, would it be good to be appreciated? Yes, right. But I mean, if somebody's from Delaware or Seattle, right, or Illinois, and just don't have the same cultural frame of reference for what I do, could I really get mad at them for not appreciating what I do? Is there room to say maybe these people really never had the right entry point for what you do, right? Did you ever consider that maybe what you talk about might be a, bit, a little bit off-putting? Everybody doesn't come to this culture for the same thing, right? And we can all appreciate who's in the culture, but everybody's got their favorites. True. I could sit in here and name five favorites, and your comment section will blow up because I didn't say this person, this person, and that person. And to be honest, if you ask me who my favorite rapper was in 95, would that still be the same favorite rapper in 2003 to 2009, 2015? There are amazing artists coming in every year. Imagine if you asked me who, who the top rappers of, of all time were before Kendrick Lamar became a rapper, right? This is different. And then after. Told different the, uh, process that you go through in terms of looking at. And who's to say that I represent the majority. That I represent me, right? You asking me who are my top favorites, right? I'm gonna tell you who my favorites are. Why would you get mad at who my favorites are? <laughs> right, right, right. If I ask you what are your top five meals and you say liver and onions, man, fuck liver and onions, man. That shit is gross, it's disgust. You ain't got nothing. How dare you talk about liver and onions when Fried chicken is right there in front of you. You ain't got to eat it, bro. It's all right, my boy. It's, we're all beholding beauty, bro. We're all beholding beauty. And, we, and every single human being has a different definition of fine. Right. He's fine. She's fine. You know what I'm saying? We all got a different. So if you marry a woman that I don't think was bad, should I tell you that? Should I be like, I don't think you should marry her. Why? I think you could do better. In what way? <laughs> I think you can bag a pretty broad than that. Really? You think you think the reason I'm marrying this woman is only because she's good looking? Like, is that it? You know, look, don't make decisions for my life based on what you would do if you were me. As entertainers and people of influence, we get a lot. I get a lot. And there are certain expectations that people just throw up, certain assumptions that people just, you know, cover me with. So they, they want to put it. Jackets on me all the time, and I just simply won't be boxed in like that. You cannot tell me who I am, what I represent, and why I do. I will tell you, and then you can like it, or love it, hate it. I really don't care because I'm determined to leave this world having be having been who I was. I love it. We have had an amazing conversation. This has just been beyond my wildest dreams in terms of like what our discussion is. But before we get out of here, there's one yes. I gotta ask. 
So I play this game on the show. It's called Life or Death Hip Hop Karaoke. Okay. And so it's always um the idea is somebody you, you know, have near and dear is in is in trouble and they say you got three verses from three different songs, three different records, three different artists. You can't do one of yours, obviously. Um from any any MC, any song, any record, what are your three verses? Did you have to get every word right to save this person? Every single word right, you cannot get wrong in the verse from three different songs, three different artists. What do you got? You know you're not gonna mess up. They're gone. Really? They're gone. Damn, but they're gone. And I, I, I if, I, if it's not me. They're, they're gone. Oh, oh shit. I'm just being painfully honest. There's no, <laughs> I've never heard this one. There's no way I'm going to get every single word right. I performed last night. Yo, I'm all the shit. <laughs> and dropped the ball three times. But it's always in a way that, you know, you have to be like the most hardcore Bun B fan. You have to know this. You have to know my my music the way that you're asking me to know oneself, someone else's music. <laughs> In this scenario, to know that I fucked up, so no, they're they're out of here, they're out of here, and I'm I'm so sorry, I apologize, I apologize. If if if, if my wife's cat life counted on it, she's out of here. Why? And vice versa. If I, if if you if I got the gun to my head and you're asking her, I'm gonna just be like, baby, I love you. I mean, I'm gonna miss you. <laughs> so I'm I'm out of here. I will be very honest. I honestly feel like I've taken in so because I've read so many books. I've listened to so much music. I'm watching TV show. It felt. I feel like I'm at this critical point where the more I learn now, I feel like I almost have to swap something out. Mm. Like in order for me to take something very causeful and hold it dear, I got to delete something. Wow. I would probably, I think I could get, I think I could get. Your verse from murder, like the second joint. Like, I, I think I can get that. Like me too. Well, yeah, it's your verse. I mean, I could probably on a good day, I could probably get. I gotta do the whole song, one verse. Maybe I ain't no joke. Maybe uh, ain't no half stepping. That's actually my go-to karaoke, right? Like, but it gets tricky. I like there's some there's some bars in there that can't just doubled up. Like dude, it gets tricky, but anyway, and it may be um. What's my name? My Snoop. Mm, okay. Right? So maybe what's my name? I could get through a verse. Um, I do Jenny Juice before I do what's my name. I could get through Jenny Juice too. And something from 50. It's got to be something from 50 Cent that I got. Maybe it's your birthday. Whatever the birthday song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, again, this is all. They're gone. <laughs> they're gone. They're just, they're, they're, I'm being very hopeful or I ain't about some of this shit, but I'm going to be honest. Be optimistic like that, then, bitch. <laughs> it's not my bitch. And, and, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> I deeply, I deeply apologize. But that, again, if I'm in a club, right? Like, if I'm in a party, like last night, let's say the DJs with Scram Joe and shout out to him, was the opening DJ at the event. And he was playing music. And he's going from Mop Deep to Biggie, to Wu-Tang. Now, in the midst of that, right, as I'm in that vibe, right, right and these musics, these, this music starts to affect my subconscious and things come from the medulla to the, to the front lobe, 
it'll put me back in that time, right? Like the vibe of the room could put me back. Oh shit, I forgot about that song. And maybe in the midst of some shit like that, right? I could tap right into it and get it. Goes, but it just called on Jill. But if you put a gun to truck <laughs> right now, it's just all off the rip. Tanisha, I'm sorry. <laughs> he ain't coming home. He ain't coming home. And I'm so sorry. <laughs> if I had if I had a gun in my head, like maybe in a much more relaxed setting, I could probably do but in a karaoke setting, I could put it, I could probably make it work. But then karaoke comes with lyrics don't talk. Some of them do. Some of them. You know, sometimes like some people do like like trap karaoke. No, no, trap karaoke doesn't. Trap karaoke is playing anthems. Yeah. Right? Like every song in trap karaoke is an anthem. Facts. This is an anthem. So well, truck, you be out of here. But and we about to get out of here. My man Bug B has been in the building. This has been an amazing black brilliance branded conversation right here on the Charles Coleman podcast. This is why you tune in. Can't say enough to thank both Bun B and Mayor Turner who through the alley you, but I really, really appreciate y'all. Peace.